Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. We are at Buffalo Wild Wings because that's how we roll on a Monday. We're Grant and Danny, and you're listening to The Fan. We are in Culpeper, 763 Knowles Mill Road. You can come stop by and join us every single Monday after Commander's Games. Win, lose, tie, doesn't matter. Jay Gruden joins us to break it all down. In fact, he actually hung with us on a Monday at a B-dubs. Thoroughly enjoyed our day with Jay. Yesterday was not as fun, though, Jay. 24-10, Browns over the Commanders. They are eliminated from playoff contention. That was pretty ugly, man. Yeah, it was pretty ugly, you know, on a lot of different fronts. You know, it's disappointing the way they came out and uh, three turnovers and a couple sacks and inefficient offensive play on fourth down, and you get beat. What would you see from Wentz? I-, I was stunned he was that bad, Jay. Yeah, it wasn't good. You know, there's not a lot you can say uh, other than the one drive where he completed three balls on third down, a third and 17 throw, and a third down pass on that 95-yard drive. Uh, there was no uh, nothing really to like. You know, he was inaccurate, um, didn't make enough plays outside the pocket, and really didn't do well. There's nothing you can really say. It made poor decisions. First interception, uh, there was never a point in time where, that, where, where Terry was open. I mean, he threw it right to Denzel Ward. And the other two picks were uh, same thing. There was no reason to throw those. There's, I mean, the receivers never got behind the defense, and, and you just threw them up for grabs, and they're both picked. Pretty ugly. Uh, quarterback rating of 31.4, lowest of his career, and maybe his biggest game because he's l- unlikely to start this weekend now, and, and I don't know if he gets another starting job without having to compete and win it in camp or something like that. Uh, did you have a problem with going to Wentz to start the game? Well, I, I did. I, you know, I mentioned last week I was stuck with Heineke, but hindsight's twenty twenty. Obviously, they saw something, and maybe they saw enough of Heineke where they thought that uh, Wentz gave a better chance to win. But you know, Heineke was five and three as a starter, five three and one, and I thought it gave him a spark to get him in a position to get in the playoffs. And I was a little disappointed for Heineke to not get an opportunity to finish what he started. But you know, they did pay a lot of money to Carson. He's here for a reason, and they wanted to give him a shot to uh, lead him to the playoffs. And they, I guess they figured he could take him further in the playoffs than Heineke could. So what do you do now if you're running the show? They got a game on Sunday against Dallas with nothing on the line. You could start Wentz again. You could go back to Heineke, or they could give Sam Howell a shot, their fifth-round pick. Yeah, I'd probably give Sam Howell a shot, to be honest with you. I don't don't know. You know, they're obviously not playing for anything other than they're playing the Cowboys, a division rival, one of the best rivals in sports. Obviously, they want to win, no doubt about it, but – you also need to get a look at Howell, probably. You know, I think uh, he's been there for a whole year now. He should know the system. Um, he should be ready to go, I would think. So um, there's no reason to go back to Wentz, in my opinion. And, and they, I guess they've seen enough of Heineke to take him out. So Howell's the only option to me. Jay Gruden with us here on Grant and Danny. You know, it was it was kind of a question sort of throughout this 
that little run that they went on where they were, you know, winning a handful of games and, and kind of low-scoring, you know, rock fight-type fashion, what would Carson Wentz do in a game where they majored in the run? Did we get our answer here? I mean, they ran it 33 times uh, with running backs, ran it fine against a defense that's not particularly good, and still went struggled. That, to me, is more jarring than, than having three picks in a game where he had to sling it 50 times. Jay, what do you think? I agree. Well, he's really struggled all year. Even when he started before his thumb injury, it wasn't like they were lighting it up on offense. You know, it's disappointing to see his inaccuracies at quarterback, his, his, his inability to throw accurate balls on simple-type throws. You know, he threw a check wide into the dirt. He threw his flat route 20 yards over the guy's head. Made poor decisions with the ball. Um, didn't show much mobility inside the pocket, outside the pocket. Um, there's really not a lot to like right now. I think he has to go back and really work on his fundamentals, uh, hopefully get another shot somewhere as a backup and try to re- revive his career somehow. But uh, he's got a lot to work on, that's for sure. Jay Gruden with us on Grant and Danny. 24-10 Browns over the Commanders. I mean, what can be said? What is your thought on, on just the collapse in December here? Final four games, they go tie, loss, loss, loss. They went from comfortably in as a six seed out of seven teams to eliminate it before they even get to the final weekend. Yeah, I, I think the most disappointing, probably, the, you know, this is a disappointing game for sure, but I still go back to the Giant game. Coming off a bye, Giants just got ripped by Philadelphia. Uh, they had them on the ropes, and they let them off the hook, and, and the Giants got the win against them and really uh, catapulted the Giants into the playoffs and knocked Washington out of the playoffs. I think that game right there told a lot, uh, and unfortunately they didn't get it done, but – it's just been disappointing. You know, December is the month where you're supposed to be getting better, better, and better, and your players are getting healthier and, and better knowledge of the system. You're playing together, and it kind of went the other way for Washington, unfortunately. Jay, a lot of fans have been uh, griping at us, and this is kind of always the way, right? The, the, the offensive coordinator is always an idiot and, and, you know, doesn't know what he's doing and, and this, that, and the other. But what did you make uh, of Scott Turner calling things uh, for, for Wentz and this offense yesterday? Great his performance for me. Well, you know, at the end of the first half, they got a lead 7-3. They had a great 98-yard drive, whatever it was. So things were looking up. And then to start the third quarter, you know, that was disappointing. Um, and then the interceptions took place, and they got behind, and they couldn't come back. You know, they tried to run the ball. They had some success running the ball. Um, but Scott's not throwing the ball. You know, Scott is not throwing the ball into double coverage. He's not throwing an out route to Terry McLaurin when Denzel Ward's undercut it. He's clearly right in front of him. I mean, that, that, that can't happen. You know, you got to rely on your players to make plays in these critical games. And unfortunately, the quarterback didn't do enough. The line didn't do enough. Uh, defense probably didn't do enough. They gave it the big play to Amari Cooper and, and a couple fourth-down conversions to them. Uh, so I think everybody had their hand in it. You can't blame Scott Turner. You can't just blame the quarterback. But really, the quarterback play really had a lot to do with it, in my opinion. Ron Rivera on Grant and Danny here on the Fin. How about post-game yesterday when Rivera says in his presser he did not know that the commanders could be eliminated was that you that asked the question? That was It me, was, yes. Jay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You are a stud. Look at you getting all this air time. <laughs> what, a, what do you think of that? I don't know. I've never seen anything like that, to be honest with you. I think you have to know the playoff scenarios. Uh, I mean, uh, obviously you're not relying on anybody else to win, but you got to know uh, what's at stake if you do lose the ball game. So you got to put everything on the wall. you gotta, you got to you gotta, – no holds barred to get that victory against Cleveland. Uh, you got to know that if you lose, there's a good chance you're not going to get in. Detroit at home against Chicago and, and Green Bay at home against Minnesota. I mean, there's a pretty good chance those two teams are going to win, um, which might affect your play calling. Maybe your decision, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, put Heineke in the fourth quarter. Who knows? But you got to know. 
Yeah, and that's kind of the point, Jay, is obviously you're, you're, you're trying to win the football game. Every coach every week is trying to do that. But the idea that you're so focused on that, you don't, you know, you weren't generally aware of your of the place in the standings. I find to be so ludicrous. But beyond that, just kind of the drill down on the point you just made, it, you need to know if a tie helps you. You need to know that it, it's so desperate that we'll throw the kitchen sink at it. We, we'll, we'll play Taylor Heineke after the second interception or do whatever we possibly can because there is no tomorrow potentially, right? I mean, it, there's a reason to know it beyond just general awareness. Yeah, you're exactly right. I don't know if it changes your substitution pattern, who you're going to play, or what defense you're calling. Are you going to go – more aggressive all-out type blitzes to try to get the ball back or, you know, uh, try to get some more no huddle to get to, you know, try to get back in the game quicker. You know, there's a lot of variables that can take place if you know that if you lose, you're done, you know. So, um, you know, that's disappointing. You know, I'd still like to think that he knew that they could be out, but it didn't sound like it. He did not know, I can assure you. (laughs) (laughs) Why, how do you know that? You can keep giving him the benefit of the doubt because you're a nice guy. But that is definitely a thing. Uh, I, I do want to know, though, just this is where we could tap into you as a head coach, right? Other than he, he watches a lot of NFL Network like we do, whatever. I said earlier, I feel like there's a meeting, you know, with someone on Monday or whatever, like a football admin guy that would be like, okay, here's where we're at. Here's where we're going to be, you know. Maybe even he goes over that with the team. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't. But someone at some point should sit down with him. Like, whose job is that? Or, or wouldn't there have been a meeting where someone went through that with you? Like, is that just about him getting on NFL.com like I would and figuring it out? How, how should he have known? Because I, I know that he should have, but how would that work as a head coach? You have uh, a lot of assistance, a lot of people working for you. I mean, there's millions and millions of dollars spent in that organization to give you the information you need to know on game day. Uh, so there's no excuse. None. I, I can't even – I wish I had one, but I, I'm, I'm assuming he knew. That's my only assumption. But for him not to know, uh, there's assistance that should be – it <laughs> should be reprimanded. There's, I, I just, I can't. I'm trying to think of something, but there's no reason why. So, Jay, I, I could, let, let's just hypothetically say that you said this years ago, right? I would yeah. kind of go, well, he's he's actually doing an offensive game plan. He's actually doing something, right? He's real busy. He's he's trying to figure out the best way to diagnose and beat this Browns defense he's and how to block up Miles Garrett. Script. He's got a script, and, and he's, he's counting on Jordan Reed, and he found out that Jordan Reed can't play on Friday night. So he's got a lot to do. Ron's not doing that. You know what I mean? Like that, that's what I can't get past that part either. It's not a great question. It's just I, I'm just trying to quantify how like, like gobsmacked I am by this. Yeah, this time of year, everybody knows the playoff scenarios. Now, obviously, you're you're more worried worried about what you're going to do as an organization to get the win. That's the number one goal. But in the back of your mind, you got to know where you're standing. You know, what seed are we going to get? Do we have a chance for home field? Do we have a chance for winning division? Do we have a chance to do this or that? You know, you got to know if we win this game, uh, do we are we automatically and can we rest our players the next game? You got to know all those situations and scenarios uh, when you're head coach. There's no doubt about it. Uh, let's get into some players here, kind of bigger picture, end of the season type stuff, rather than just specific to yesterday. So Deron Payne had two sacks. That gives him 11 and a half as a down defensive tackle. He's going to make so much money. We've talked about him a couple different times this year. But how, how do you think this plays out? I mean, they can try to tag him, but if you pay him, he's going to take more than Allen at the same position. Like, how would you go about that if you were the, the GM? Well, I've said all along that you got to keep, you got to do whatever you can to keep Deron. I mean, he he's a dominant player, and 
he used to be just a run defender. Now he's proven that he can rush a passer, and that's kind of what my thought was when we drafted him. I, he was athletic. He's big. Uh, he, he can do a lot of different things on the front. I mean, he can two-gap. He can shoot the gap. Um, he can stop the run. He can rush a passer. He's a guy you got to keep. Uh, him and Jonathan Allen are key components of that defense. You start messing with that defense without a quarterback, I mean, you're going to have to play great defense to win here. Uh, because the quarterback is an unknown still for the next couple of years, probably. So uh, I would do whatever I could to keep him because he is a stud. What do you make of their receiver position? We know the names, and obviously we, we like each of these guys individually. And it just it frustrates at times when, when they can't get enough touches. I mean, I know how we got here with the quarterbacks and the offense, but you know, in, in terms of counting on guys moving forward, what do you see from Dotson in the future? Uh, you know, how could Curtis Samuel be used differently? And and just your thoughts on Terry. Yeah, I think they're an excellent group. I think they complement each other extremely well. They do different things. Terry can take the top off. Uh, Doxon can do a lot of different things inside and outside. And, and obviously Samuel can do some things with the ball in his hands on the on the quick screens and the jet sweeps. And, uh, and he can get open also on the inside. So uh, they're, they're a very good group. I think one of the top groups in the NFL when you talk about all three of them together. Um, so, yeah, um, that's a great for a new quarterback coming in here. They're, they're going to try to get whoever it is. They got to be excited about the group, and that'll really help in recruiting a good quarterback. I'm going to name some guys for you, and I want you to tell me which one you'd have the most interest in if if they came to you as the head coach and said, "Hey, who do you want us to go after?" Uh, which is different than I believe how the Alex Smith thing works, worked. How I heard when. Basically, you found out when we found out that they traded for Alex. Yeah, Keep my, your phone my son, off. My son told me he saw it on Twitter. Yeah. Is that, that's not really how you found out, right? Yeah, that's how I found out. And then I got a call a couple minutes later, but yeah, but I did, initially found out on Twitter. But was there at least before that like a conversation where they're this like, this might happen? No. Hey, hey, Jay, no. what's your take on Alex Smith? Uh, we, we do all that, um, but Alex wasn't available. He was still under contract, so we did all the possible free agents. We didn't really grade Alex. It was uh, somebody came up and said, hey, what do you think, Alex? Said, yeah, I like Alex. He's a good quarterback. That was about it. <laughs> they took that as trade for him immediately. Give up yeah. Kevin Fuller in a mid-round pick. <laughs> and a three, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. right, uh, so here's, here's who I'm going to put on this list. Ready? Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, Tom Brady, not 10 years ago, but current Tom Brady, Geno Smith, and I'll put – give me one more, Danny. I was thinking uh, those, that's, that's my bucket Is right there, there someone who's, else who's, who's available? Else? Uh, let's say Ryan Tannehill. Put those guys all as possible veteran options this offseason. Who would you want? I'd probably go Carr, Grappolo, Gino, uh, probably in that order. Who not the Brady. Fourth one I can't. Brady. Tom Brady, yeah, he's not coming here. No way. <laughs> he's not going to be 46 years old coming to Washington. Not a chance. He might go to he might go to Vegas. He might go to Miami, but he ain't coming here. That's a great pick. <laughs> yeah, he's not coming here. No way. Uh, so you're going Car, Jimmy G, Gino. I'm a Car guy, by the way. Like I think uh-huh. Car is a poor man's cousins a little bit. His highs are, are almost on the Cousins level, but he just has more lows. Like, he's not as consistent as Kirk. The only but issue it, with Derek is his inability to really move in the pocket. You know, and, and with the offensive line here, you see the struggles. You know, I think that's part of the reason Carson and Heineke have had their issues. They don't have a lot of clean pockets throwing and, and known passing downs. Uh, so until they get the interior offensive line figured out and then the pass protection figured out, it'll be hard for any of those guys to succeed. But uh, from a true quarterback 
the uh, all the amount of time that Derek Carr has put in, uh, the statistics he's had, the games he's played, the situations he's been in, um, the type of guy he is, he's, he's number one for me. So he'd be unquestionably the best they've had here since Cousins, right? I mean, wouldn't you oh, say? Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know. Would you sure. take him yeah. over Alex at you know at his age when you got him? Uh, well, Alex had a little bit more mobility. Um, that's a tough call with a really good defense, uh, a game manager type. He's like a Heineke on steroids. Alex, he's way more accurate. Um, so I, I did like Alex. I probably would have still taken Alex over Carr just because both of them are very smart. But Alex's mobility gives me the edge on him. So and the reason I bring that up, obviously, he, he becomes an option. But I do wonder, and this is, Danny, when you and I chop this up, which we'll do all early offseason. Oh, yeah. Money-wise, is this a – I don't think anyone's going to trade for him. I could be wrong. But there's 72 hours until the end of the season uh, where they cut him after 72 hours to save the money. Is this still like a $35 million, $38 million a year you're, you're signing a franchise quarterback, Derek Carr? Or are you getting him maybe at like the, the $28, 29000000 million discount now? Well, if you want to upgrade the position, you're going to have to pay, you know, right? Because there's going to be other teams that are going to want Derek Carr. I would imagine the Jets will probably go after him. There's going to be uh, five or six teams, I think, that are going to bid him. And when you have four or five or six teams going after a guy, his, his market value is going to be high. If nobody's going after him, then sure, you can get him for cheap, you know? So uh, that's the issue. Would you pay him? Like, I'm just going to come up with something here random. Two years fully guaranteed at 70 mil. Would you want to do something like that? That depends on who we got around them. I mean, what are they doing with the offensive line and all that stuff? Uh, who else is available? I mean, I don't know the I don't know the guys that you mentioned. Yes, I would. I would probably do that. If those are the only guys uh, available, I would do that. Because Jimmy G, as much as I, I like him, uh, he's just injury prone. Uh, Gino, he's had a good year, but he, he's turnover you know, he's a turnover machine. I do like Gino and what he's done this year. Uh, he'd be a thought. He does have a little bit of mobility, but he takes too many sacks and, and, you know, he turns the ball over. But he's in a position to get the playoffs too. So between Gino and Derek, I, I, it would be a decision. So, Jay, for me, I, I just want out of the guy that fell out of favor with his last team or two teams or three teams or, or, or whatever, somebody's leftovers. But I, I wonder about this, though. If, if, if you get this far down the road trying to build your program, is it almost too late to draft a kid? Because that's all I want. I just want to keep drafting until you find one and, and you know, you, you buy the magic beans. They don't pick high And you enough. get the, means, the beanstalk. I'll do whatever I have to do. I'll sacrifice games, weeks, months, seasons, whatever, because they're already losing anyway. But is it too late now down the road for this regime to, to, to go all in and draft a kid? Well, it depends on the kid. I don't know who's available next year. I think after watching Caleb Williams play, I might tank for him. I mean, this guy's dynamic type quarterback. I mean, that that, that guy's going to go one though. You got to go. You got to go one and sixteen to get him. Uh, so, I don't know who else is out there. Um, I don't know if Howell's the guy. That's why I think it's important for him to get some reps in this game, uh, just to see what you have and the possibilities of what he can do. Uh, that, that that way, maybe you stick with Heineke another year and let them compete, um, and then see what happens next year in the draft or this year in the draft. See if you can draft one in the first or second round uh, and make something happen that way. At the end of a season, and I don't remember necessarily if there were years at the end of the year where you were like on a hot seat or anything like that, because obviously when it ended for you, it was pretty early. It was like five games in or whatever. But how does this work now? I don't think Rivera's going anywhere. I don't necessarily think he should. But how does this work at the end of the year in terms of meeting with Dan and knowing that you're coming back and, and you don't have to make changes or him telling you, I want you to do something different here or on this staff? How does that all work? That's a good question. I forgot. Uh, you, you meet with them and, and, 
I think the big thing is you meet with, uh, you know, once you get the clearance that you're coming back, and then you have to address your staff and make sure you re- you want the guys coming back because there's going to be possibly coordinators leaving or position coaches leaving for other jobs, and, and you might want to upgrade your or change coordinators or what have you. Uh, that's step one. Then you got to work on your personnel department, make sure those are the guys you want, which he handpicked already, so I'm sure he's going to keep all those guys. Then you got to make sure you, you dive into who you want back on your team, the Duran Payne issues, all the players uh, that are on your team that you want to keep and, and guys you want to move on from. And then you got to go ahead and study free agency extremely hard and then jump into the and do the best you can and, and get the best players in here to upgrade your team. Jay, did we lose you? No, I'm here. Oh, still there. All right, man. Well, it's, that's awkward because now we actually have to say goodbye because the segment's over. I thought you dipped out for we a second. We had so much momentum. Everything was going great. Yeah, and then I ruined it. And then it. Danny made it awkward. Well, it sounded like you bleeped out, and I was like, I want to say a proper I, goodbye. I think the last word was team, team, and then that cut off. And then it cut off. All right. But that was it. Uh, okay, so let me, right. just, let me just pretend right. it was a regular normal thing. All right. Jay, awesome with us as always, buddy. Really appreciate it, man. Happy New Year to you. We'll talk next week. You got it here, fellas. See ya. See you, buddy. Jay Gruden with Talk. us on Grant and Danny. I tried every... to cover for it. I, You're good. Oh, man, I ruined it. Everything's fine. Everyone here's looking at me. Every Monday at 5 o'clock. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.